Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. A not-so-fairy-tale. I'm Jason Horton. I'm Rebecca Lieb. And this is Ghost Town. In 1917, 10-year-old Frances Griffiths and her mother moved from South Africa to the small village of Cottigley in West Yorkshire of the United Kingdom. They stayed with Frances's aunt and uncle, Polly and Arthur, who had a daughter of their own, a teenager named Elsie. Frances and Elsie were close, playing together in the backyard garden, going by the stream, and generally just being fancy, uptight British kids playing in the woods. But here's the thing. The two girls swore they went to the woods to see fairies. And to prove it, they took a camera. Little did they know a couple innocent photos would change the course of their lives forever. Today, we're talking about the mysterious Cottigley fairies, a bizarre phenomenon that took Great Britain by storm. Elsie's dad, Arthur, loved photography and was known for being an amateur photographer around town. The girls took his camera, a mid-G quarter plate, into the woods and 30 minutes later ran back excitedly. Arthur took the camera to his own makeshift darkroom to develop the picture. The photo shows Frances kind of laying behind a little hill or bush, flowers in her hair, her face in her hands. She's staring directly at the camera, seemingly unmoved by four dancing fairies right by her elbows. Of course, Arthur was impressed by the girl's cute little creative prank, dismissing the fairies as cardboard cutouts the girls probably created and trucked out to the middle of the woods. No harm, no foul. But two months later, the girls borrowed his camera again and returned from the woods with another photograph. This one was of Elsie sitting on the lawn, holding her hand out to a gnome. The gnome is like textbook-looking gnome, tights, a kind of reddish coat, and a pointy red hat. Seeing that photo, Arthur Wright was like, yeah, okay, I think I've had enough of your prank. Elsie's mom, Polly, though, believed that this photo and the one before were absolutely real. Towards the end of 1918, Frances sent a letter to an old friend back in Cape Town named Johanna Parvin. In the letter, she sent a copy of one of the photos of herself with her fairies, the first one. It's a flattering photo. I get it. On the back of the photo, she wrote, It is funny. I never used to see them in Africa. It must be too hot for them there. In 1919, Polly attended a meeting of the Theosophical Society, a kind of philosophy book club where they had lectures and discussions, a real fun English Victorian type shit. The lecture that evening was on fairy life, and at the end of the meeting, Polly Wright stood up and showed two fairy photographs taken by her daughter and niece. The crowd went wild, and the photographs were displayed at the Society's annual conference a few months later. 
There, they caught the eye of one of the society's most powerful members, Edward Gardner, who recognized that the photos were a tool to gain traction for the Theosophical Society and its ideals, one of which was that humanity is undergoing a cycle of evolution towards increasing perfection. If that sounds familiar to you, it's because it's used a lot in religions and philosophies, for better or worse. Think eugenics or Mormonism? That being said, seeing these photos made Gardner think that possibly the next cycle of evolution was underway. Gardner sent the prints and original negatives to Harold Snelling, a local photography expert. Snelling said that, quote, the two negatives are entirely genuine, unfaked photographs, with no trace whatsoever of studio work involving card or paper models. He did not, however, specifically say the picture showed fairies, only that they were straightforward photographs of whatever was in front of the camera at the time. But hey, good enough for Gardner, who immediately started selling prints of the photos at his lectures. At this point, these fairy photographs find themselves in the hands of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Yes, that's Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, author of Sherlock Fucking Holmes. Something you might not know about Doyle was that he was a prominent spiritualist, and he passed the photos along to his favorite spiritualist magazine called Light. Not soon after, and very conveniently, Doyle was commissioned by the Strand magazine to write an article on fairies for their Christmas issue. Doyle wrote to Elsie and her father requesting permission to use the photos in his article. Arthur Wright was obviously impressed that Doyle was involved and said, Sure, Arthur Conan Doyle, you can use these photos for your supernatural puff piece refused any payment on the grounds that, if genuine, the images should not be, quote, soiled by money. Let's take a break. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hi, hello, how are you? Hello, how's it going? This is the check-in. This is time for you to check in with us. It's time for you. <laughs> it's your important. time. It's your time. In this crazy world, it's your time. So sit back and listen to us. Thank you for listening and supporting the show. That's right. Grovel at your feet. Thank you to all the patrons that help support the show. Mm -hmm. And thank you to our government. That's how relaxing is it to talk government? <laughs> Always. It's just like a deep breath or a, a drink of room temperature lemon water. Mm. Cleansing alkaline lemon water. <laughs> okay. You know them. We love them. The mayors. That's right. We got a little David Bull. Hello. We got a little Ashley Matson. Hello. We got a little Dar Rosenzweig. Hello. We got a little James Harrington. Hello. And we got one governor. Only one. To rule them all. <laughs> Avian Noble. In stereo. Yeah, we're doing it again together. Does that make anyone happy? Anyone? No. 
If you like bonus episodes, early access with no chit-chat. If you want to go back and listen to episodes you haven't listened to yet with no ads or chit-chat. They're all there. They're archived, waiting for you, tagged as early access. You can just binge baby. Mm. Go to patreon.com slash ghosttownpod. And we have one Apple Podcast review, but it's a goodie. Oh. Love it. Five stars. <laughs> Love this podcast. The topics are interesting and thought-provoking. The hosts have pleasant voices, especially with the Invisalign what? that I'm using right now. Oh, wow. interesting. You didn't even notice, did you? Wow. I noticed it. I didn't. I personally enjoy the added banter. I'm interested in what Rebecca and Jason have to say. Overall, a great podcast from Milka11 in the U.S. and A. Someone is interested in what we have to say. And the sound of our voices. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. I don't know what to say. I'm flattered. I want my impulses to give you money. So tell me where to write a check. People just start adding their Venmos to these kind reviews. Yeah. You never <laughs> if you, know. If you put your Venmo at the bottom, who knows what will happen? Yeah. Maybe I don't. That's the mystery. <laughs> That's right. How compelling is that mystery? You leave a review and leave your Venmo. <laughs> Maybe somebody gets a dollar. I don't know. Maybe somebody gets a thousand dollars. Nobody's getting a thousand dollars. Not in money, but maybe in experiences. I don't even. I don't even, I don't even want to know what that equates to. But you All know right. what? Maybe the world of of photography and Sherlock Holmes. Mm-hmm. So we've got fairies and fairy photos out in the world, creating a huge discussion in Great Britain. Gardner and Doyle sought a certificate of authenticity on the fairy photos from Kodak, who, upon looking at the photos, said that, quote, they show no signs of being faked, and that they could not be taken as conclusive evidence that they were authentic photographs of fairies. So Kodak declined to issue a certificate of authenticity for them. The prints were also examined by another photographic company with a less famous or cool name called Ilford, who reported that there was, quote, some evidence of faking. Gardner and Doyle, of course, were like, let's just call these photos real and like keep getting money and attention for them, okay? Cool? Cool. In 1920, Gardner goes to visit the Wright family with two folding plate cameras and 24 secretly marked photographic plates and gives the cameras to Elsie and Francis. Gardner described this experience in his 1945 book called Fairies, colon, a book of real fairies, as, I went off to Cottingley again, taking the two cameras and plates from London, and met the family and explained to the two girls the simple working of the cameras, giving one to each to keep. The cameras were loaded, and my final advice was that they need to go up to the Glen only on fine days, as they have been accustomed to do before, entice the fairies, as they called their way of attracting them, and see what they could get. I suggested only the most obvious and easy precautions about lighting and distance, for I knew it was essential that they should feel free and unhampered and have no burden of responsibility. If nothing came of it all, I told them they were not to mind a bit. Francis and Elsie insisted that the fairies would not show themselves if others were watching, convenient, so everybody left and the girls, surprised, took a couple more photos of the fairies. In the first photo, Francis and the leaping fairy, Francis in curly hair and a big bow is shown in profile staring down a fairy. The second, fairy offering a posy of harebells to Elsie, is a photo that shows a fairy hovering over a branch and offering Elsie a flower. Two days later, the girls took the last picture, fairies and their sunbath, which is pretty self-explanatory. Gardner sent the photos to Doyle, who flipped out. More photos for his article writing, perfect. With Doyle's fairy evidence, the December 1920 issue of The Strand sold out within days of publication. 
To protect the girls' anonymity, Francis and Elsie were called Alice and Iris, and the Wright family was referred to as the Carpenters. Doyle was sure his article would start a revolution. He ended the piece with these words, The recognition of their existence will jolt the material 20th century mind out of its heavy ruts in the mud and will make it admit that there is glamour and a mystery to life. Early press coverage of the photos in Doyle's article were all over the place. Most people thought it was a child's hoax. Some people, again, spiritualism was huge at the time, thought it was a miracle. Doyle used the later photographs for another article in The Strand, in which he described other accounts of fairy sightings. Gardner made a final visit to Cottingley in August 1921, bringing along a famed occultist named Geoffrey Hodson. At that point, the girls were over fairies and all the attention they were getting, and produced no more fairies or photos of fairies, though Hodson himself wrote an article that he saw fairies everywhere, writing tons of notes on his magical wooded backyard experience. The girls played along, but later said that they considered Hodson a fake. After 1921, fairy mania calmed down. Elsie and Francis grew up, got married, and moved abroad. But more than 40 years later, in 1966, a reporter from the Daily Express newspaper traced Elsie, who was then back in England. She admitted to the reporter that the fairies might have been, quote, figments of my imagination. But she said it was possible that she had somehow managed to photograph her own thoughts. This interview brought renewed interest in the photos, and in September 1976, Elsie and Francis were interviewed for a broadcast on Yorkshire television. When pressed, both women agreed that, quote, a rational person doesn't see fairies, but they denied having fabricated the photographs. In 1978, magician and scientific skeptic James Randi and a team from the Committee for Scientific Investigation of Claims of the Paranormal, that's a mouthful of a name, examined the photographs using a computer enhancement process and said that the photos were faked. Jeffrey Crawley, editor of the British Journal of Photography, undertook a, quote, major scientific investigation of the photographs and the events surrounding them, and also concluded that the photos were not real. Finally, in 1983, in their 80s, the cousins admitted to the magazine The Unexplained that the photographs had been faked, although both maintained that they really had seen fairies. They made the photos by copying illustrations of dancing girls from a popular children's book of the time, Princess Mary's Gift Book, and drew wings on them. They then cut out the cardboard figures and posed with them for photos, disposing of their props when they were done. But the cousins disagreed about the fifth and final photograph, fairies in their sunbath, Elsie said it was a fake, just like all the others, but Francis insisted that it was genuine. In a 1985 interview on Yorkshire Television's Arthur C. Clarke's World of Strange Powers, Elsie and Francis admitted that they were too embarrassed to come clean after fooling Arthur Conan Doyle, the author of Sherlock Holmes. Elsie said, quote, Two village kids and a brilliant man like Conan Doyle, we could only keep quiet. In the same interview, Francis said, quote, I never even thought of it as being a fraud. It was just Elsie and I having a bit of fun, and I can't understand to this day why they were taken in. They wanted to be taken in. Francis died in 1986 and Elsie in 1988, having essentially come clean about Cottigley fairies. Still, in a 2009 episode of BBC's Antiques Roadshow, Francis's daughter, Christine Lynch, said that she vehemently believed, just like her mother, that the fairies in the fifth photograph were genuine. You don't really hear much about the validity of fairies specifically, <laughs> no. which makes it no. interesting in itself. Yeah. And it seemed like Arthur Conan Doyle did at least some legwork to validate these photos. Totally. But probably just enough to, I believe it, I'm interested in it, it will sell. <laughs> totally. If no one was interested, the his interest in it would be probably waning. So there's a benefit to everybody. And it's not like these two girls sought out to scam people. What they did wasn't wrong. It's just somebody found it and 
validated it. And when you're a kid, you want to, and some an adult says, hey, is this real? I believe this is real. Mm-hmm. It's really not on them to be honest about it, frankly. It's for yeah. them to perpetuate, it, exactly. really. They're, ki- they're kids, right? They're kids. They do a prank. And this climate of this specific time is like hungry for that prank. It's almost if like Jonathan Franzen was like, hey, ghosts are real. Or like something where it's like warlocks are real. And everyone's like, oh my, this fucking giant like literary genius is validating this. I, I can imagine even being the girls, it'd be like, this person believes it. it maybe we're wrong. Like, maybe we have something that we didn't think that we did, or we made something of this thing that wasn't true. And what is real and what is not real is just what you believe. Mm-hmm. And also, when you're the author of Sherlock Holmes, the greatest detective. Yeah. It, if it passes your test, then yeah. that has to be enough. Yeah, you can convince people who may have been at the root of a prank that, again, that they're wrong, especially if they're kids and who the fuck knows, and you're getting all this attention. It's pretty insane, and it really speaks to how crazy, like, Victorian London was at the time. We've done a couple pieces on this. The Phantasmagoria, a couple Halloweens ago is one of them. Like, they love this shit, and they ate it up, and even now, like, they were talking about it 40 and 80 years later. We're talking about it right now, in 2021. And to admit that 90% of it is not real, but be like, well, no, this, we, <laughs> it would be a huge coincidence to say that, yeah, we faked all of these, but for some reason, this one kind of came to life. And mm-hmm. also, listen, you know, you're, if it's in your legacy, these fairy photos, of course, maybe the daughter's going to be like, well, no, I know all those were fake, but this unbelievable thing is real mm. maybe she I, I can't speak to what she really thinks but really it's to continue and fine con- it's fun continue this it's not hurting yeah. anyone it just it's bullshit it's like when people are lying and then it's like a real housewives lie really when it's like oh this was a lie and they're like we caught you on this and you're like but this part was still very true it's true it feels bullshitty it, it's fun to think about it's these pictures are also like very magical looking and the Photographic technology at the time, I'm sure it was not super impressive. So just like seeing this supernatural image captured is magical in and of itself. And the fact that it's not a common thing to young girls in the woods to cut out and put wings on things. So it is a pretty unique environment for that. Like we've seen with people who talk about their experiences with UFOs, Mm -hmm. whether they get debunked or not. They want to keep it's their thing. They want to believe. And they want to believe. And whether they believe it as much as they say they are, it becomes their identity to keep talking about these things and go on tours and and write books. Mm -hmm. And if it interests people and it makes people happy and it gives us something to talk about, Mm -hmm. more power to them. More power to them and to the fairy world that is real. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience 
and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.